<laughs> Nothing. Just you were tapping away on your phone. Oh. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. You know the sound that the keyboard makes? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really like that sound. <laughs> like when you're typing? Well, that, yeah, that sound and... Did you know that they make keyboards specifically for, like, audio... Like to make noise. Anyway, it's a thing. I didn't. Yeah. No, like the this, the 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 that. I really enjoy that noise. Oh. <laughs> so, are we ready? <laughs> I think so. Okay. So this is happening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sorry. It's cool. This is happening. Hey. Hey guys. Hi. We're podcasting. Again. Again. Well, welcome. I feel like I'm way closer to the mic than you are. No. Okay. No. <laughs> I feel like I'm closer than you. Oh, I'm scratching. Stop scratching your arm. <laughs> you got like an accent for a second. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. It's me trying to be aggressive, I guess. Uh, no. No. <laughs> I'm on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So we're... It was me last week. Silence your shit. My bad. <laughs> Sorry. It's totally fine. Can I just tell her that we're recording? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I'll... Anyway. I was gonna say... Fuck. What was I gonna say? Oh, that we're recording in a new place again. Kind of. Oh, yeah. Kind of, sort of. It's still my apartment, but yeah. it's in my bedroom. So, we're snuggled up on my bed. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we're spooning while we record this. Yeah. <laughs> We're really good at multitasking. <laughs> I'm the little spin. Yeah. Sure. I'll allow it. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Always little spin. <laughs> so welcome to our podcast. Hi. Hey. This is Death Becomes Us. Uh-huh. We talk about death and stuff. Sure. It's funny, like, um, people will ask me, like, what's your podcast about? About death and stuff. I've literally, like, just, I've been asked so many times now that I just, I give started just giving the same response Mm -hmm. to everyone that asks. I get it. Yeah. Like, I'm like, it's about death and murder and everything macabre. (laughs) Like, that's literally my response to everyone who asks what the podcast is about. Mm -hmm. Like, these days anymore. Because I get asked a lot. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. Look at you networking for us. I do. I do network quite a bit. I don't do jack shit. (laughs) I network quite a bit, actually. That's great, though. Even, like, my coworker the other day, he was like, Hey, where can I listen to your podcast? Aww. I was like, oh, you're going to listen to it? And he was like, yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> sweet. Yeah. I don't know. You know my coworkers. Like, there's That's... no way in hell no. any of them would Your coworkers to... wouldn't? No. <laughs> I think if a couple of mine might. A couple yeah. of mine probably would. But yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So that's Talia. That's Krista. Hi. <laughs> hey. We're doing really good today. A lot of people still can't tell us apart. Did you know that? Um, sure. <laughs> Fair, I guess. I guess. I think we're doing, I think we sound different now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can tell us apart. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell us apart and I edit the damn thing. Yeah. But uh, I don't, I can, I can see why people think that we sound alike because we sound alike for mm-hmm. sure. But I think once you listen to us, we sound different. Yeah. Especially our mannerisms and how we speak. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're... Mannerisms, for sure. Yeah. I say like 20,000 times. <laughs> like, let me tell you a story. And then like, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you go, and, um... So, so, um... Yeah. Yeah. 
There's there's lots of those. Yeah. Although some of those get cut. Well, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, yeah. Because <laughs> well, most of the time it's like you finding your place. It's me. Fi- yeah, it's me finding my so place. I'm like, yeah, I could cut that. <laughs> so it's just me trying to fill up dead space. People already things. know we're fake as fuck. Edit the shit out of this podcast. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't though? Okay, everyone. No, that's edits true. Their podcasts. I don't. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> I just need to find someone else to edit it so I don't have to do it anymore. Honestly, <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. I feel bad. Don't feel bad, it's fine. I, yeah, but I wouldn't want to listen to us that much. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> I wouldn't want to listen to us that much. That's a lie. Cause I listen- Tell me how you really feel. I listen to our episodes all the time. <laughs> Especially the beginning clips. What, the beginning when we're... This part when yes, we're just when bullshitting. we're just bullshitting. <laughs> yeah, if I'm like feeling lonely. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sweetie, am I so sad? It's okay. You don't have to feel lonely. I'm always here. I know. Well, sometimes you're sleeping. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do sleep during the day. Yeah, that's my bad. Yeah, it's okay. No, no, it's really cool. Anyways, <laughs> so we're starting. Yes, we're starting. Episode 22. Yeah, it's Talia's week to go first. It's my week to go first, yep. Yep. Uh, I'm just going to continue. Your off. list of horror movie true stories. Yeah, horror movie true stories. I like it. I'm just going to continue. I only have four this week because the content was of... just so thick. Okay, that's fine. Dense. Not dense. Dense? Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I haven't, I forgot to open the article. No, you're totally fine. Or the, I forgot to open my notes. Yeah. But, I mean, mine... My computer's not even on, so. I did my notes at a Starbucks this morning. Honestly, it's the first time about it. I've ever gone into a Starbucks with my laptop. Uh huh. Like sat down and like been there for a while. You're like a real millennial. I'm like a real millennial. <laughs> I drank a fucking pumpkin spice latte. Shut up. Nope, I will not. You did? I did. <laughs> it was a legit. <laughs> and I fucking. I was Googling murder and, like, exorcists and shit in the fucking Starbucks store. I remembered a thing. Okay. That Seth asked, and I was supposed to think about it oh. and talk about it. Do you want me to do it now? Oh, yeah. It'll be really short, probably. Okay. What did Seth ask? So, Seth asked me if I were to be a serial killer, like, what, how I would be one. Oh. Remember? Yeah, I yeah. did. I decided, thinking about it, because I think I'm a little pure of heart. So I would be a Dexter serial killer. Oh, so you would kill bad people. I would bad kill people. bad people. People who deserved it. Mm-hmm. Yes. As for the how, I'm not... I don't know. You don't know? No. <laughs> <laughs> I did think about it, and I'm undecided. Because I think I would... If I were to, to go after bad people, I would take them and take them to another place to kill them. Right, so very Dexter style. And then, and then I would boat out into international waters and dump the body. <laughs> so still Dexter style. <laughs> yes. You're like, I think I would just... I would take the entire plot of Dexter and that would be me. I haven't seen it, so I can't tell you if that's... <laughs> I've seen... What does an aneurysm feel like? That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so upset you haven't watched Dexter. I watched season one. Can we watch it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, good. Yeah. Anyway, so... Yeah. So, so in answer to your question, okay. Seth, I would Dexter the shit out of it <laughs> if I were to be a serial killer. The knowledge of Dexter that she has. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, 
don't know. I've, hmm. I've never thought about what type of serial killer I would be, right? Like, yeah, I... Well, it's because we're not serial killers, yeah. so it's not like we've really thought about <laughs> like, how, how would we I would kill do somebody? it. I honestly don't, I don't know. know. I, yeah, I don't know. I, don't I might know. be too squeamish to be like, mm -hmm. but I don't want to use guns because I feel like those are loud and mm -hmm. so. You have to knife it. <laughs> Oof. See, that's why, like, Dexter, because <laughs> he wears, like, protective gear and shit and tarps and clean up. That's true. That's why... I think I would go that route. That's fair. Because that, easy cleanup? Yeah. Yeah, like grab the four corners and just... Yeah, and then go in a boat, <laughs> drive out to the waters. Drive out to the waters? To the waters. <laughs> sink the body. That's... Yeah. Okay. But like way sink the body because... <laughs> way sink it? <laughs> but like make sure whatever... Right. Like... What, Make sure it for sure sinks. Yes, and like yeah. whatever you're using is actually legit heavy because dead bodies expand and generally float back up. It's gross. Okay, 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 okay. Go, go, go. <laughs> you. Anyway, subject change. Go. I'm like panicking. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> My shit's turning blue. But yeah, your pillow. <laughs> nice. Because of your hair. My fucking life. And like, your I know. I, see, I just look like I, saw I have them. constant hypothermia because mm -hmm. my hands are blue. Blue. Uh huh. I saw earlier. <laughs> okay. Podcasting. Yeah. <clears throat> I actually haven't seen three these. of these four films. Damn. Yeah. I'm excited. There was a few films that I on this list that I found that I have not seen. Mm, we so, should watch them. I'm into it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm debating changing the order, order that I do these stories in. That's fine. Okay. So. Are you okay? Yeah, I was stopping them. It's <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks. Okay. So, haunting you, in you Connecticut. diaphragm is what gives you hiccups. It's a voluntary and involuntary, like voluntary and involuntary organ. So you can make it stop. Anyway, so no one knew this was an informative <clears throat> podcast. God, <laughs> <laughs> who hurt me? Sometimes we're informative. Where? How long do we? I mean, we. I don't know if people have enough time for that list. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they definitely don't have enough time for my list. I no, just <laughs> okay, so who haunting, has the time? In, haunting in Connecticut. Oh damn! Mm -hmm. Honestly, mm -hmm. I hate this movie. Have you seen it? No. Oh, but... <laughs> I got so excited for it. Hear sec. me out. I hate. Part of it, I uh, it was in theaters when I worked at a movie theater. Oh, okay. And it was one of the ones like, uh, I was closing projectionist, mm -hmm. and when you're closing projectionist, you're the last one there. The ah. managers are gone, employees are gone, and so it was one of the last movies. And this was way back when you like couldn't even watch horror movies. Yes, because like since we've met, you've yeah, gotten a lot I'm better okay. about it. But yeah, this is back when I didn't touch any horror movie. Shit. And I used to have to like go in the theater when the credits were playing, mm -hmm. and like clean and stuff. Uh, so I hate the credits. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> All right. Well, this was in 2009. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I know. Uh-huh. Triggered. <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> that was so cute. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so. Yeah. In 19... Fucking talk. In 1986, <laughs> every time I hear one, I'm like, I'm gonna have to edit that. Yeah. Yep. In 1986, Carmen and Al, oh God, <laughs> Snedecker. Nailed it. Snedecker. 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 Oh my God. 
I'm so stupid. No, you're not. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, All right, I'm Snedeker. So, I'm so triggered right now. <laughs> Why? Because that's Ray's last name. Snedeker? Yeah. Let oh. me see how it's spelled. Oh, it's with a C, not a K. Oh, well, it still probably sounds the same. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Carmen and Al Snedeker moved to the town of Southington, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Hence the title. <laughs> <laughs> just so everyone knows. I don't know if you can keep up. This is a haunting in Connecticut. It would just be funny if it was like Southington, North Carolina. <laughs> I was like, I thought it was in Connecticut. I'm so triggered. <laughs> uh, so they moved to this house with the purpose of being closer to the hospital at which their oldest son was being treated for Hodgkin's lymphoma disease. Aww. Rough, yeah, buddy. Mm -hmm. having, having fallen on hard financial times, the family jumped at the chance to rent what appeared to be the perfect house. Huh. It was large enough for their family, which included three children and a cousin, okay. and the rent was in their affordable price range. It was while they were moving in that Al made a startling discovery. In the basement was a peculiar room that was complete with embalming tables and tools. Okay. <laughs> the house, it turned out, used to be a funeral home. Mm okay. Yeah. Um, moreover, the basement, which was sectioned into several rooms, was the only room deemed large enough to serve as the two boys' bedroom. Ugh. So. So they had to be in the basement. Guess what, kids? You get to be in the embalming room. Awesome. Like, <laughs> they get to be in the creepy, like, yeah, yeah, basement where people used to be embalmed. Right. Which is already thrilling. Sign me the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll oh, pass. God. I, too, will pass. <laughs> Out of this world. You shall not pass. <laughs> uh, so not long after, Carmen says she began experiencing strange phenomena, like items disappearing. Her children reported seeing strange people in the house, as well as hearing voices and the sounds of hundreds of birds taking flight. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Her oldest, who was at the time in the middle of radiation treatment, began to exhibit radical personality shifts, becoming withdrawn and angry. He brooded and began writing poetry with necrophiliac themes. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're not into necrophilia? That's weird. <laughs> That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> Oh, God. During one intense episode, he attacked his cousin with the intent to rape her. Oh, no. Yeah. His family had him arrested and taken for an evaluation where he was pronounced schizophrenic. Fair. Yeah. Uh, he was removed from the house and seemed to get better until returning. Mm, so it was so like, like he was the okay house when he him. left. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, the house triggered. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Other phenomena reported by the Snedekers included... The repeated and brutal rape of both Carmen and her niece, as well as acts of sodomy being performed on her husband by unseen entities. So they were supposedly raped by ghosts. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Seems like a rough time. Uh, mop water was reported to turn blood red, and the scents of rotting flesh and decay were reported throughout the entire house. She was also frightened of apparitions that she saw, one with long black hair and black eyes. The other were white hair and eyes... Uh, wearing a pinstriped tuxedo. Hmm. It was then that Carmen decided to contact controversial paranormal investigators Ed and, and Lorraine, Lorraine Warren. Ah, oh, our faves. Our faves. Welcome back. Honestly, I had no idea they had anything to do with this mm -hmm. haunting. Mm -hmm. Like, when I was reading about this today, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. The fucking Warrens. Like, they dipped their fingers, fingers in, in many, many hauntings. Honey pots. <laughs> many haunting honeypots. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. They, they just love that sweet haunted nectar. Yeah, they do. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay, so along with John Zaffis and a few investigators, the Warrens moved into the house for several weeks until they'd experienced everything the Snedekers had claimed. During their time in the house, they claimed to have seen firsthand the damage the demons in the home could inflict, with many members being slapped and beaten, pushed, and slammed to the floor. Investigation into the history of the house supposedly re revealed that one of the undertakers at the funeral home was found guilty of necrophilia, mm. which fed fuel to the fire. It got to the point that the Warrens deemed it necessary for a full-scale exorcism of the property after which the house was judged cleared judged cleared by the Warrens. With the evil banished from the house, that should have been the end of the story, but it wasn't. <laughs> but then it kind of is, because there's, like, not more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Don't ask me. <laughs> you weren't there. I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then there's, like, some controversy around this whole okay. story. So basically it says... Like another Warren investigation, the infamous Lutz House in Amityville, there have been mm -hmm. numerous claims by people who lived in the house both before and after the Snedeker family uh, that there have never been any evil entities in the house. In fact, the family's claim to have knowledge that the home was once a funeral parlor was refuted by the house's owner. Perhaps the most damning evidence that the whole event was a hoax came from horror novelist Ray Garten, who was contracted to write a book write the book in a dark place with the Warrens and Snedekers. According to Garten, it was difficult to write the true story because none of the involved parties could keep their story straight. Mm. Yeah. Um, it seemed everyone was contradicting everyone else. When he went to Ed Warren with the problem, Garten wrote in a post dated April 27th, 1999, he told me not to worry that that family was crazy. <laughs> I was shocked. He said, all the people who come to us are crazy. You think sane people would come to us? He knew I'd written a lot of horror novels prior to that, so he told me to just make make up the story using whatever details I could incorporate and make it scary. Yeah. Awesome. Ed, please. Please. <laughs> yeah. So. I. Mm -hmm. Connecticut got haunted. That's the supposed haunting in Connecticut that mm. maybe didn't happen. There was supposed to be, like, I could be way wrong. <laughs> The credits of the movie, mm -hmm. which is why I didn't like it, was pictures of the house oh, with, okay. like, creepy stuff mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah. So. There was, like, some stuff about, like, yeah. That, well, she claimed the mop water didn't turn blood red, that it turned to actual blood. Oh. And, like, she was worried it was, like, staining the floors or mm -hmm. something. And mm -hmm. then there was, like, some shit about how, like, she would set the kitchen table and then, like, the dishes would get put away. Mm -hmm. And, like, she would be, like. It's Katie. She's keeping it clean. Katie, thank you, but we need to eat. But Katie, your work is not needed right now. Know when it's appropriate. Not now, Katie. Katie, not now. I don't need cleaning right now. God, Katie, please. Uh, okay. Yes. Borderland. Not the video game. Not to be confused with Borderlands. Okay. The video game. <laughs> Which is great. I love that we both went there. Uh-huh. Not the video game. There's, there's The video fun. game is so much fun. So fun. Yeah. I love Claptrap. Claptrap? That's mm -hmm. his name, right? Yeah. He's great. The robot. He's so great. Yeah. Okay. Pretty stellar. So this came out in 2007. Once again, I have not seen it. Okay. I haven't seen it. I. Yeah. I haven't even heard of it, so. It looked gory. Like, the picture Ugh. from the list was, uh -huh. like, uh, like, a head on a platter. And, Ugh. like, they were, I don't know. It looked really gory. Nasty. Anyway. All right. 
Oh yeah, this is one that I'm... Don't want to watch? Well, there's... <laughs> no, 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 no. There's lots of names in a couple of these stories oh, that I'm probably going to fuck up. Butcher. <clears throat> That's okay. So, Adolfo de Jesus Constanzo? Damn. <laughs> Constanzo. Constanzo. Nailed it. I got a girl. too eager there. <laughs> November 1st, 1962 to May 6th, 1989. Oh, shit. Oh, triggered. Oh. <laughs> he died like a month before I was born. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Anyways, he was a Cuban-American serial killer, drug dealer, and cult leader wow. of an infamous gang dubbed in the media as the Narco-Satanists. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. I His cult members nicknamed him the Godfather. Huh. Or El Padrino. Oh. Yes. Fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I puppy. I puppy. <laughs> uh, he was reportedly responsible for the murder of Mark Kilroy, an American American student killed in Mat- Mat- Matamoros. Wow. In 1989, along with several other cult killings. Oh, I don't know who Mark Kilroy is, but he must be like a well-known case or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they were going to like mention him yeah. in specific. But. So... Constanzo was born in Miami, Florida. Of course it was Florida. <laughs> I literally started reading this article and I was like, of course it was in fucking Florida. Uh-huh. Everything is in Florida. Everything. Florida, cool your shit. Yeah. I love that. I, sometimes when I'm talking, I like look directly into the into microphone. Into the microphone. And then I'm like, why? <laughs> I do the same thing. As if I'm addressing <laughs> yeah, whoever. Yeah. yeah. The microphone is Florida. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so he's born in Miami, Florida, to Delia Aurora Gonzalez, a Cuban immigrant mother in 1962. She gave birth to Adolfo at the age of 15 and eventually had three children of different fathers. Jeez. Mm, that's rough. She moved to San Juan, Puerto Rico, after her first husband died and remarried there. Constanzo was baptized Catholic and served as an altar boy, but also accompanied his mother on trips to Haiti to learn about... I'm assuming that's supposed to be voodoo. Oh. I don't... V-O-D-O-U? Sure. It could be a typo. It could, well, and, or it could just be like some other, yes, term yeah. for voodoo. I, I think That's voodoo, true. voodoo is kind of a blanket statement. There's That's different true. kinds. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the family returned to Miami in 1972, and his stepfather died soon after, leaving the family with some money. As a teenager, Constanzo became apprenticed to a local sorcerer and began practice to practice a religion called Palo Mayambe. Oh shit. You know about this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm guessing it's not good. It's some pretty, like... Well, it involves animal sacrifice. Uh-huh. Sacrificial shit, yeah. It's like a, an African religion. Oof. Yikes. I believe. Well, he practiced it. Okay. Um, his mother remarried, and his new stepfather was involved in the religion and drug dealing. Constanzo and his mother were arrested numerous times for minor crimes like theft, vandalism, and shoplifting... He graduated from high school but was expelled from prep school. His mother believed he had psychic abilities for supposedly having foretold the attempted assassination of former U.S. President Ronald Reagan in 1981. Mm, all right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> As an adult, Constanzo moved to Mexico City and met the man who would be met the men who were to become his followers. Martin triggered. Martin no. Quintana. Martin. Martin no. Please. <laughs> Martin, sweet baby, don't do this. <laughs> We beg. We beg you. Don't do this to us. (laughs) So, Martin Quintana. Uh Uh-huh. I I feel like these are probably Hispanic Hispanic names. Hispanic names. So, like, that's probably Jorge. 
Uh huh. Looks like George, but it's probably Jorge. Is it J O R G? Yeah. Uh huh. Jorge. So Jorge Montez and Omar Oria. Mm-hmm. They began to run a profitable business casting spells to bring good luck, which involved expensive ritual sacrifices of chickens, goats, snakes, zebras, and even lion cubs. Mm hmm. babies. Yeah. Many of his clients were rich drug dealers and hitmen who enjoyed the violence of Constanzo's magical displays. Mm-hmm. He also attracted other rich members of Mexican society, including several high-ranking corrupt policemen who were introduced to him by the city's powerful narcotics cartels. Oh, he was mixed up in some shit. Shit. So yeah, yeah, I don't know what this fucking movie is about, but it's probably really very gruesome. It's probably just about him, obviously. Probably. Obviously. But it's a horror movie, so... Probably about the rituals and stuff, too. That's true. Constanzo started to raid graveyards for human bones to put in his uh, nagna Mm -hmm. or cauldron. Yeah. But before long, he would need live human sacrifices instead of old bones. More than 20 victims whose mutilated bodies were found in and around Mexico City are thought to have met their end this way. Rough. Yeah. I feel like this is the closest. Because, you know, like... The whole satanic panic mm-hmm. of the 80s and mm-hmm. shit, right? Like, I feel like this is the closest to, like, satanic ritual... Oh, yeah. ...that there has ever been. Absolutely. Because like, animal it's, sacrifices and, like, human sacrifices. Yeah, upgraded to people. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's never been a satanic mm-hmm. ritual killing ever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I feel like this... <laughs> it's the closest. Yeah, expand of bears. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Constanzo began to believe that his magic spells, many of which he took from Paolo Mayombe, were responsible for the success of the cartels and demanded to become a full business partner with one of the most powerful families he knew, the Calzadas. Mm. When his demand was rejected, seven family members disappeared. He was like, reject me? Go reject me, bitch. (laughs) Put you in my pot. My cauldron. (laughs) (laughs) Their bodies turned up later with fingers, toes, ears, brains, and even in one case, the spine missing. Constanzo soon made <clears throat> friends with a new cartel, the Hernandez brothers. He also took up with a young woman named Sarah Aldrit, who became the high priestess of his cult. I mean, yeah. if you're going to join a cult, may as well be the high priestess. May as well be the high priestess. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> in 1988, Constanzo moved to Rancho Santa Elena, a house in the desert. It is there where he carried out more sadistic ritual murders, sometimes of strangers and other times of rival drug dealers. He also used the ranch to store huge shipments of cocaine and marijuana. Awesome. Yeah. Real awesome. <laughs> Maybe you should smoke some of that Mary Jane and chill the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Oh, on March 13th, 1989, Constanzo's henchman abducted a pre-med student, Mark Kilroy, mm. from outside a Mexican bar and took him back to the ranch. Kilroy was oh. a U.S. citizen who had been in Mexico on spring break. Oof. That's so sad. Oh, man. Yeah. When Kilroy was brought to the ranch, Constanzo murdered him. Under pressure from Texan politicians, Mexican police initially picked up four of Constanzo's followers, including two of the Hernandez brothers. Police quickly discovered the cult and that Constanzo had been responsible for Kilroy's death. He sought a good-slash-superior brain for one of his ritual spells. Officers raided the ranch and discovered Constanzo's cauldron, which contained various items, such as a dead black cat and a human brain. Fifteen mutilated corpses were dug up at the ranch, uh, and one of them was Kilroy's. 
Officials said Kilroy was killed by Constanza with a machete chopped to the back of the neck when he tried to escape 12 hours after being taken to the Mm -hmm. ranch. So he tried to get away. Mm -hmm. He tried to fight. I don't know. I'm not saying they didn't do anything, but it sounds like they didn't even look at these guys for anything. Yeah, yeah. Until this med student was taken. Yeah. Does that... Well, I mean... Is that weird? All those bodies and... Yeah, I was like, did nobody notice anybody went missing? Like, yeah. Like, I, I don't know how they flew under the radar so hard mm-hmm. until this med student. That seems so weird. Yeah. And sad. Well, and, like, I guess if Constanza was taking out, like, rival gangs, mm, maybe true. the cops would be like, meh. That's true. You know, Turn like, other gangs, eye. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Be like, they're taking each other out. Yeah. But Fair. I don't know. It did, I think it did say, though, earlier, like, some of them were strangers. So mm-hmm. they were killing some people that yeah probably were innocent yeah just wrong place wrong mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. Ugh, which makes me even more sad i know i can't handle it okay <laughs> <laughs> back to business sorry okay yeah my business face <laughs> uh so constanzo fled to mexico city with four of his followers they were only discovered when police were called to the apartment because of an unrelated dispute taking place there. <laughs> Rough. Yeah. As the officers approached, Constanzo mistakenly believed that they had located him and opened fire with a machine gun. So he fucking gave himself away. <laughs> this only served to soon getting him surrounded by the police. Determined. <laughs> Sorry. He, he was like, they found me. They're there for like some argument three rooms down. <laughs> Constanzo was like, fuck. Jumped the gun Open fire. <laughs> Did you just say drop the gun on that one? You <laughs> said jump the gun. Oh, jumped the gun. Uh, yeah. Close enough. <laughs> Sorry. You really did, though. He got caught because of his own assumption. Stupidity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I just love how you, like, died over that. Like, just the visual. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so this only served to him soon getting surrounded by the police. Yep. Determined not to go to prison, he handed the gun <clears throat> to follower Alverdo de Leon and ordered him to open fire on him and Martin Quin- Martin Quintana. So Martin, Martin no. Oh. <laughs> I asked him if he hated it how we say his name. <laughs> he said no, he said it was fine, but how we say his name? Do yeah. we say it wrong? No, no, it's fine. It's just American. Oh. We we don't really Martin. Pro- it was like we don't <laughs> pronounce the T very well. Martin. Yeah. Martin. <laughs> Martin. <laughs> That's true. We do speak very lazily. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, anyways, by the time the police reached the apartment, both Constanzo and Quintana were dead. De Leon, known as El Duby, or Dubai, and Sarah Aldrett were immediately arrested. What? <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't pronounce Mexican names. It's okay, sweetie. It's okay. <laughs> A total of 14 cult members were charged with a range of crimes from murder and drug running to obstructing the court of justice. Sarah Aldrett... Leo Hernandez and Serafin Hernandez were convicted on multiple murders and were ordered to serve prison sentences of over 60 years. Oof. Uh, De Leon was given a 30-year term. Damn. Yeah. Well, I mean, deserved. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So that's Borderland. Awesome. 
I don't, that seems not very much like a horror movie. I know, but that's why I'm saying, like, I don't know what the movie is about. Mm-hmm. Like, how it's a horror how film. How it's a horror film. I wonder if it's a thriller. Because I feel like. Yeah, that's true. Because I feel like a lot of movies cross over that are thrillers. See, like, let's see what the original article says about it. Yeah, see, it just says, based on a real cult leader, Adolfo de Jesus Constanzo, this movie has gory details of how human sacrifice was practiced by this cult. Spoiler, toes, fingers, and even brains were cut out by him, and you can watch all of that in this film. Mm. So, I so guess just because it it's gory fo- and yeah. it has to deal with, like, the cult It's like maybe it focuses it. more on that? Yeah, probably. I don't know if I want to watch it. It looks too gory for me. I'm a pansy when it comes to gore. I haven't been able to do gore for a bit. I think it (laughs) depends. Like, I don't know, because I I think Tucker and Dale is kind of gory. Well, yeah, but... But I can handle that. Yeah. Same. And, like, I can't just... Yeah, it really just depends. (laughs) Because there's some that I... I, Nope. Fair enough. (laughs) Okay, I've got two more. Okay. They're both pretty lengthy. <laughs> okay. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. <clears throat> Where are we at time-wise? Oh, we're at 30 minutes. Okay. 34 minutes. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, if we go super long, like, we can just have you talk this week. Mm, I don't no, think so. No, you just want to go extra long if we go long? Yeah. Okay. I think it's okay. 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 Sounds good. I like it. I'm ready. Just have a long episode. <sighs> okay. I'll try and be more speedy. No, no, it's it's me that needs to shut up. No, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. So, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Ooh, I always wanted to watch that movie. It's actually good. Is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. We can watch it sometime. How about it? <laughs> so this was a uh, 2005. Yep. Um, and it was about Anna Elizabeth Mi- uh, Michelle Michael. Mm. I don't know. I think maybe it's supposed to be pronounced Michael. Well, no, it was in Germany, so I don't know. <laughs> it beats me. Is there an umlaut? <laughs> I just don't know how I'm supposed to pronounce it is the thing. Let me look. Yeah, I would say Michelle. Michelle? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Michelle or something. I don't know. Like Michelle. Michelle, yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing Michelle. that. <laughs> yeah, Michelle is fine. Uh, okay, so... Roll with that. Born as Anna Elizabeth Michelle okay. on 21st September 1952 in Liebfling, Bavaria, West Germany, to a Catholic family. Um, Michelle was brought up along with three sisters by her parents, Joseph and Anna. She was religious and went to Mass twice a week. When she was 16, she suffered a severe convulsion and was diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy. Oh, damn. Yeah. In 1973, <clears throat> Michelle graduated and joined the University of Würzburg. Yeah. Her classmates later described her as withdrawn and very religious. Mm-hmm. Um, in June of 1970, Michelle suffered a third seizure at the psychiatric hospital where she had been staying. She was prescribed anti-convulsion drugs for the first time, including Dilantin, mm-hmm. which d- did not allevi- alleviate the problem. She began describing seeing devil faces at various times during the day. The same month, she was prescribed another drug, Aolept, mm. which is similar to chloroprosamine. Sure. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> it was used in the treatment of various psychosis, including schizophrenia, disturbed behavior, and delusions. By 1973, she suffered from depression and began hallucinating while praying and complained about hearing voices telling her that she was damned and would rot in hell. It's really intense. I Yeah. That's rough. <laughs> yeah. 
Michelle's treatment in psych psychiatric hospitals did not improve her health and her depression worsened. I can't imagine why. Mm -hmm. Long-term treatment did not help either and she grew increasingly frustrated with medical intervention. Being a devout Catholic, she began to attribute it to demonic possession. Mm. Michelle became intolerant of sacred places and objects such as the crucifix. So she diagnosed herself as being possessed? I think she was like, maybe I'm possessed. That's kind of She's hearing voices right, right, right. and like... Seeing, seeing devil faces and yeah but it's pretty uncommon for you people to diagnose yes. themselves yes i think there's a devil in me <laughs> hit me hit me <laughs> but yeah i think she diagnosed no, just herself in, in, in cases of like possession mm -hmm. and that kind of shit like it's mm -hmm. always like parents are like my child is possessed that's true so I just think it's interesting that she is... That is true. She's like, I think it might be me. I think I might <laughs> be possessed. Yeah. <laughs> Guys. Mm -hmm. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, hear me out. <laughs> well, yeah, and then especially if, like, she's like, maybe I'm possessed, and then she starts being like, get that crucifix away from me. Uh -huh. Like, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's very she weird. takes on... Very strange. The personalities. Mannerisms of, yeah. of a possessed person. Yeah. Uh, so Michelle went to San Damiano with a family friend who regularly organized such pilgrimages to places not officially recognized by the church. Her escort concluded that she was suffering from demonic possession because she was unable to walk past a crucifix and refused to drink the water of a holy spring. But she could just think those things. Yeah. Yeah. Both she and her family became convinced and consulted several priests asking for an exorcism. So she convinced her family that she was. Interesting. The priests declined, recommended the continuation of medical treatment, and informed the family that exorcisms required the bishop's permission. In the Catholic Church, official approval for an exorcism is given when the person strictly meets set criteria. When they are considered to be suffering from possession and under demonic control. Intense dislike for religious objects and supernatural powers are some of the first indicators. Michelle worsened physically and displayed aggression, self-injury, and drank her own urine and began to eat insects. Yikes. Yeah. In November of 1973, Michelle started her treatment with tegtrotrol fucking medication. <laughs> Name it easier. <laughs> An anti-seizure drug and mood stabilizer. She was prescribed antipsychotic drugs during the course of the religious rites and took them frequently until sometime before her death. Hmm. Oh, she dies, by the way. Oh, okay. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> Horror movie rules. Everyone dies. Everyone dies. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> the priests, uh, the priest Ernst Alt, whom they met on seeing her, declared that she didn't look like an epileptic and that she didn't. He did not see her having seizures. Well, she had medication. Yeah. Whatever. Hey. Alt believed she was suffering from demonic possession and urged the local <laughs> bishop to allow an exorcism. Uh. In a letter to Alt in 1975, Michelle wrote, I am nothing. Everything about me is vanity. What should I do? I have to improve. You pray for me. She also once told him, I want to suffer for other people, but this is just so cruel. In September of the same year, Bishop Joseph Stangl granted the priest Arnold Rents permission to exercise according to the ritual Romanium of 1614. <laughs> Lord. Yikes. <clears throat> but ordered total secrecy. <laughs> so he was like, you can do it, but shut your whore mouth. <laughs> Rents performed the first session on 24th, the 24th of September. 
Uh, Michelle began talking increasingly about dying to atone for the wayward youth of the day and apostate priests of the modern church and refused to eat towards the end. At this point, her parents stopped consulting doctors mm. on her request and relied solely on the exorcism rights. <sighs> no. Why would you do that? I don't know. That I makes no sense. I don't either. And, like, she asked for it. Like, yeah. she was like, no more, like, doctors? Yeah. Why? Why? Well, and why would you listen to your kid like that? Yeah, she's obviously sick. Yes, she's very you sick. You should make the decision. Yes, be the adult. Put on your big boy pants Ugh. and do the right thing. For real. <laughs> so, 67 exorcisms. Holy yeah. shit. Uh, exorcism sessions, one or two each week, lasting up to four hours, were performed on her over a 10 month span Ugh. in 1975 to 1976. Uh-huh. That's so fucking many that exorcisms. Seems like a bad time. That is a lot. Yeah. On the 1st of July in 1976, Michelle died in her home. The autopsy report stated the cause was malnutrition and dehydration because of an, uh, because of being an, in a semi-starvation state for almost a year Ugh. while the rites of exorcism were performed. Uh-huh. She weighed 30 kilograms, which is roughly 68 pounds. Shit. Yeah. And she was like a teenager, right? Yeah. Like, I think she was, how old was 16, was 16, it? 17? Yeah. 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 Not good. Uh, she suffered from broken knees due to Ugh. continuous genuine afflictions. I don't know if that's like a religious thing. Like praying. Oh, yeah, kneeling down to pray or something. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, she was unable to move without assistance and was reported to have contracted pneumonia. <laughs> so she was just real fucking sick. Yes. Yeah. Tiny. Mm-hmm. Mm. After an investigation, the state prosecutor maintained that Michelle's death could have been prevented even one week before she had died. Ugh. So, like, if, even if just one week prior yeah. they had been like, you need to go to a fucking doctor, yeah. like, she probably could have lived. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if she really was 16, 17, she was young enough to fight off pneumonia. Yeah, yeah. She just needed some fucking fluids and food. Yeah. Good God. That's upsetting. Ugh. In 1976, the state charged Michael's parents and priests Ernst Alt and Arnold Rents with negligent homicide. I'd yep. say yep. I would say. During the case, Michelle's body was exhumed and tapes were played to the court of the exorcism over the 11 months which led to her death. The parents were defended by Eric Schmidt-Leachner. Their lawyers were sponsors uh, from the church. The state recommended that no involved parties be jailed. Instead, he recommended the sentence for the priests was <coughs> a fine. While the prosecution concluded that the parents should be exempt from punishment as they had suffered enough. No. Yeah, which is a sure. criterion in German penal law. <clears throat> the trial started on the 30th of March in 1978 in the district court and drew intense interest. Before the court, doctors testified that Michelle was not possessed, stating that this was a psychological effect because of her strict religious upbringing and her epilepsy. But the doctor, Richard Roth, who was asked for medical help by Alt, allegedly told her during the exorcism that there is no injection law against the devil. <laughs> yeah. Schmidt Leichner awesome. said the exorcism was legal and the German constitution protected citizens in the unrestricted exercise of their religious beliefs. The defense played tapes recorded at the exorcism sessions, sometimes featuring what was claimed to be demons arguing to assert their claim that Michelle was in fact possessed. Both priests and the demons identified themselves as Lucifer, Cain, Judas, Iscariot, Hitler, <laughs> and Nero, among others. Oh my god. Yeah. Please. I know. 
They further said that she was finally freed because of the exorcism just before her death. So, like, but we helped her. Bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Right? The bishop said that he was not aware of her alarming health conditions when he approved the exorcism and did not testify. The accused were found guilty of manslaughter resulting from negligence and were sentenced to six months in jail, which was later suspended. Okay. (laughs) Um, And three years of probation. It was a far lighter sentence than anticipated, but more than requested by the prosecution, who had asked that the priests uh, only be fined and the parents be found guilty but not punished. The church approving such an old-fashioned exorcism rite drew public and media attention. The case has been labeled as a misidentification of mental illness negligence, abuse, and religious hysteria. Right? After the trial, the parents asked the authorities for permission to exhume the remains of their daughter. The official reason presented by the parents to authorities was that Michelle had been buried in an undue hurry in a cheap coffin. Well, why'd you do that for? Uh, Yeah, that, why? (laughs) (laughs) Almost two years after the burial, on the 25th of February in 1978, her remains were replaced in a new oak coffin lined with tin. The official reports state the body bore signs of consistent deterioration. The accused exorcists were discouraged from seeing the remains of Michelle. Arnold Rents later stated that he had been prevented from entering the mortuary. The church changed its position, stating that she was, in fact, mentally ill and not possessed. And her grave has become a pilgrimage site. Yeah. So. Lots of people go to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... After the fact, they were like, you know, she really just was not mentally stable. You think? Mm-hmm. Damn. But hey, once again, not possessed. <laughs> yep. Just saying. Yep. Just fucking once saying. Once again. <laughs> <sighs> okay, my last one. Okay, I'm ready. <clears throat> so, Ravenous, 1999. I'm just going to go on a limb and say this is about cannibals. What? what? I've never heard of this movie. I haven't either. Okay. I haven't seen it. But um, I'm, cannibals. I'm taking cues from the title. It's probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Which is why I saved it for last. <gasps> I saved it for you. Thanks, baby. <laughs> You're the best. You're welcome. <laughs> it's just uh-huh. cannibals. Cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, the movie is based on the story of Alfred Griner Packer. Mm-hmm. So, he was born to James Packer and Esther Griner on January 21st, 1842 in Algany County, Pennsylvania. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Fancy. <laughs> the family relocated <laughs> to... Fancy. Fancy. Pennsylvania is automatically fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, I mean, yeah. What, why not? I haven't been. Have you? No. Then it could be. They got cheesesteaks. <laughs> <laughs> They're fancy because they have cheese steaks. <laughs> yeah, they've got cheese steaks. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Hey. Uh, the family relocated 10 years later to LaGrange County, Indiana, where James found work as a cabinet maker. It seems like a bad, bad switch. <laughs> <laughs> what, Pennsylvania to Indiana? Sure. Oh, who knows? <laughs> I haven't been to either. Same. <laughs> it seems like a... What did you say? A bad switch. Bad switch. <laughs> oh. John Green lives in Indiana. Oh. Nice. Yeah. He's he's good people. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I don't know him. <laughs> I know of him. I know you read his books or you no, you I have read, read a couple of his books. books. Okay. Yeah. I haven't mm-hmm. read any of them. <laughs> I also watched him a bunch on when he was on like Bental Floss. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I watch his videos with his brother. There you go. He seems like good people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyways. Uh, <laughs> in 1860... Martin has a signed copy of his book. <laughs> Martin, that's so cool. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Okay. Cool. I'm focusing. I'm focusing. I swear. I swear. Okay, You're I'm good. Ready. You're good. <laughs> In 1862, at the age of 20, um, Alfred joined the 16th Infantry Regiment of the Union Army during the American Civil War, but was honorably discharged eight months later when it was discovered that he had epilepsy. Aw, rough, buddy. Yeah. In 1863, he tried joining the 8th Iowa County Cavalry, but was again discharged because of his epilepsy a year later. Mm. Afterward, Alfred moved to the Rocky Mountains, where he took up work in the mines for the next nine years. The Rockies. The Rockies. So he went to the Rockies to be a miner. Where he could have safe seizures in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> what? Isn't that epilepsy? Do they have seizures? Yes. Okay. He started laughing and I was like, wait, did I? No, it's <laughs> just a funny, like, <laughs> I can go have safe seizures in the dark. <laughs> I don't think it's safe in a coal mine to seize. Well... <laughs> Okay, that's probably fair. <laughs> but it's probably safer to have a seizure in a coal mine than in a war zone, is it not? I think it's halfsies. <laughs> okay, fair. Because you could get, like, trampled in a coal mine by your co-workers that's true. who are mining. <laughs> that's true. Or, like, a cave-in. If, no. if you're busy seizing <laughs> on the floor, you can't escape a cave-in. Okay, you got me. And I like, don't know. It's all bad. It's all it's all around bad. It just seems like a bad time. It's just bad for Alfred, no matter what way you look at it. <laughs> He's just not having a good time. He's not. <laughs> okay, so in 1973, Alfred joined a party of 21 men led by Bob McGrew headed to Breckenridge, Colorado to find gold. The expedition made it as far as Montrose, Colorado, where they set up camp with an Ook tribe led by Chief Ore. Cool. Ore? Yeah. The chief advised the men to stay on through the winter before heading out in spring for their own safety. However, several of McGrew's men became restless and wanted to seek shelter in a government cattle camp nearby. O.D. Lautzenheiser? Damn. Yeah, right? Lautzenheiser. <laughs> Yeah. And three others were the first to leave, and Alfred went with them. Okay, but what's, what's like, nearby? <laughs> like, I know. What distance is nearby? I don't know. Okay. Well, and it's from, what, the Rockies to, uh... Um, no, it didn't say It says it. they're in Colorado right now. Well, they're in Brackenridge, Colorado. And they're trying to go to... Yeah, I don't know where nearby is. But, like... It's me. I don't know, but, like... You don't fucking go places when it's almost winter. Mm-hmm. Because that could strike You at, stay and hunker down. It's, it could strike That's at any That's what the chief time. said. Yeah. Listen to chiefs. You fucking know shit. They know shit. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking know shit. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so, Lautzenheiser and three others were the first to leave, and Alfred went with them. Although it's unclear why, eventually Lautzenheiser pointed a gun at Alfred and warned him that if he didn't turn back, there would be trouble. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Alfred returned to camp. Awesome. So basically, Lautzenheiser was like, nah, bitch, you go back. <laughs> we don't want to deal with your fucking seizures. Oh, that's so sad. I know. Poor guy. That is I say poor guy like he's not about to become a cannibal. It's fine. Fair. <laughs> a week later, Alfred joined another group looking to find accommodations 
at the Los Pinos Indian Agency. The group made up of five men, Shannon Bell, James Humphrey, Frank Miller, George Noon, and Israel Swan, headed out with enough provisions for 10 days on February 9th in 1874. They never arrived at the Indian Agency and were soon feared missing. Mm-hmm. I'd say so. Yep. Fast forward to April 16th, 1874, so it's from February to April. Okay. Um, Alfred shows up at the tavern near Los Pinos Indian Agency. He arrives looking a little too fit for a man who has been missing in the wilderness for the last few months. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They're like, you look just fine. Not malnourished at all. Packed on some pounds even. Yeah. <laughs> Get it, Alfred. Even stranger, he arrived without the five men that he had left with. Oof. Yeah. That's rough. Preston. Oh, God. When I was reading this article, I was like, Preston Nutter. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be saying Nutter a lot. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so, Preston Nutter, a member of McGrew's original group, was the first to recognize Alfred. When Nutter asked him about his missing four companions... I thought it said five. It did say five. Well, maybe there was five total. Yeah. No? One, two, three, four, five. So he had five companions. Uh-huh. So that's a typo. The, yeah. <laughs> or or maybe Nutter was like, oh, he, that he one fucker people. doesn't matter. He's that's like, true. <laughs> he's like, fuck John. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I say John like I don't know the fucking names of the people he went with. <laughs> fuck James. It was a J name. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, Alfred told him that the group had left him behind. Sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, (laughs) Just like you did. (laughs) Just like you. Just like you. Just like fucking that guy with the crazy name that I can't remember now. Leidenhauser. Leidenhauser. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, After a brief stay in Los Pinos, Alfred was (laughs) ready to return to Pennsylvania. He accompanied Nutter to a nearby outpost so that he could procure supplies for his journey. During their trip to gear up, Nutter noticed that Alfred was using one of the other men's knives. He was like, hey, doesn't that belong to James? I got a name this time. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Nutter immediately began to doubt Alfred's story. Huh, imagine that. When Alfred began dropping hundreds of dollars on supplies, he got even more suspicious. <laughs> Apprehensive and agitated, Nutter was ready to hang Alfred until the local law, law enforcement stepped in. After an interrogation, Alfred made his first confession. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're getting places. According to Alfred, when the food ran out, Israel Swan was the first to die. <laughs> the rest of the group then ate him. Yeah. Awesome. Five days later, James Humphrey died, and he too was eaten. A short time later, Wilson Bell got shot and <laughs> George Noon in an act of self-defense. And then Alfred yeah. shot Bell. They all just mm-hmm. turned mm-hmm. on each other. Yeah. Alfred then raided the possessions of the dead, taking money and supplies as well as meat from them before heading off for Los Pinos. Right. Yeah. The law was inclined to believe Alfred, but wanted to be taken to the party's campsite to corroborate his story. During the return <laughs> trip to the site, Alfred became agitated and attacked one of the constables that was accompanying him. <laughs> Alfred was promptly dragged to, off to jail and locked up. After a brief stint in the clink, nice, <laughs> which was just a log cabin, <laughs> Alfred easily made his escape. So he yeah. got away. Yeah. The law caught up to Alfred on March 11th, 1883 in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and Alfred was asked to make another confession. This time... His story changed, of course. Uh-huh. This time he claimed that Bell had murdered everyone at the camp all at once while he was off gathering firewood. 
the, the change to his story was all the jury needed to convict Alfred of premeditated murder and sentence him to death. Mm-hmm. Then in 1885, the Colorado Supreme Court overturned that decision. In 1886, Alfred was convicted of five counts of manslaughter and sentenced to 40 years. I love how he kills five people and gets 40 years. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't do that, man. <clears throat> Go sit in jail for 40 years. Yep. Like, what? Shame on you. Ugh. Over the years, Alfred <laughs> Packer's life has been portrayed and referenced several times, in, in addition to the aforementioned film Ravenous. In 1964, Phil Ox, a folk singer, wrote and performed The Balfred of Alfred Packer. <laughs> South Park creators Trey Parker and Matt Stone made the Cannibal, Cannibal the Musical in 1993, loosely based on the Packer legend. And in 1990, the death metal band Cannibal Corpse dedicated their debut album, Eaten Back to Life, to Packer, who they called <laughs> the first American cannibal. Yeah. In 1901, Alfred was paroled. He worked as a guard at the Denver Post before passing away um, from senility on April 23rd, 1907. Mm. It was rumored that he became a vegetarian after being released from prison and remained such until his death. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't got the appetite no more. Oh, yeah, I had plenty of meat, and you know? (laughs) Sure. I decided long pig's just not for me. (laughs) Sure. 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 Sure, buddy. Whatever you say. <laughs> wow, I'm sorry that went for fucking ever. It's okay. I know you had a lot of stuff. I can oh. be short, I think. No, you're okay. Honestly, I'm. we have longish episodes, and I think that oh, that's okay. <laughs> sorry. No, you're good. I just... Inhuman I, decibel. That's not the worst thing in the world to have a long episode. Yeah, no, I just feel bad because I feel like people really don't want to listen to us that much. Maybe they do. Maybe they're okay with it, but I just feel bad. <laughs> I know, Martin is. Martin's okay with it? <laughs> well, there was, when it was it was one of the weeks that we missed and I was like, we didn't get a chance to record because of whatever reason. I think it was this past one when I was moving. Oh, oh, uh-huh. Because, like, he'll, he's always like, is the episode going to be up tonight? Uh-huh. And I was like, we didn't record because I've been busy. And he's like, it's okay. Maybe you could just do an extra long one oh, next week. I love he those is the most precious <laughs> baby angle. He really is. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can have a long episode. Sounds good. Yeah, that's, that's so, cool. I I feel like mine's gonna be I don't know shortish anyway. Okay, it's just it's I'm booting up. Well, I'm just saying like <clears throat> don't worry about like rushing. Okay, okay. don't worry about like like don't shorten it. Just okay. I'll just tell. It's fine. Yeah, tell, tell the things. If it's a longer episode, it's really not a big deal. Um, I decided okay to talk about <laughs> insane asylums. Oh yes. Okay. So it's just a list of insane asylums. Awesome. Kind of that kind of shit. You're gonna do you're you're going the list route. Too. I am going the list route. So much easier. Next week though, I'm talking about a thing that I'm excited about, not a list. Ooh. Yes. Uh, ooh. A people and a legend. Oh. Murder. Oh. Boogeyman. Oh. oh. I <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm fine. Well we're gonna start with the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Okay. Which is in Weston, in West Virginia. <laughs> Shocker. Weston, West Virginia. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, operated in 1864 to 1994, which is... Wow. Yeah. It's a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and it's kind of weird, because I feel like you think of insane asylums as, like, a way back when kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But that it was, like, 94? Yeah. That's not that long ago. No. Anyway. So, Trans-Allegheny was built to house 250 patients, 
but by 1949, the hospital had over 2,400 people in its oh, care. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That's a little over-occupancy, I would say. I'd say so. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah. Doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't add up. I'm just saying. They're just, like, stacking people. <laughs> There's 15 to our room. Yep. Good God. Shockingly, overcrowding was the least of Trans-Allegheny's issues. A 1949 investigation conducted by the Charleston Gazette found unruly patients locked in cages. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Lobotomies being performed with rudimentary instruments such as ice picks. I'm not surprised. Same. (laughs) (laughs) And hundreds of neglected patients, conditions that undoubtedly contributed to the tens of thousands of lives the asylum claimed over its years of operation. Good fucking So God. tens of thousands of people died. Well, okay, so how many people did you say there was at the, what, 2,400? 2, 2,400 at a time. But okay. it was open from 1864 to 1984. Right. No, but like, what I was gonna say, like, my thinking was just like, they were probably severely understaffed. Oh, like, I'm to handle, sure. Like, mm-hmm. like, that many people. Yeah. So, of course, there was hundreds of patients that were, like, neglected. neglected. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the staff to take care of that many fucking people. Yeah. Like, yeah, shit. yeah, no way. No way. That's insane. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at my lame joke. You're so cute. Oh my god, please. Don't laugh at my own lame joke. I love your jokes. They're never lame. They're always lame. Please, no. Have you met me? Yeah. I'm the lamest. No, you're great. I like the green paint on your hand. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Well, I was... I was painting before I, I came. I, I, I had some, like, on my eye. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. <laughs> That's so you. Right? <laughs> uh, amazingly, uh, the institution only came to a close in 1994, and now it's billed as a haunted asylum to paranormal seekers who can stay overnight if they can summon the courage. Interesting. Yeah. Did you look up prices? No, I didn't. <laughs> but I like beds. <laughs> And I don't think that that comes with. You don't think there's some like leftover beds that patients sleep. I bet in? there's bed frames, but I doubt there's mattresses and shit. That's fair. I don't want to sleep on a frame. That's fair. <laughs> Thanks. That's fair. <laughs> uh, next is the Byberry Mental Hospital in Byberry, Pennsylvania. Oh. Years of operation. Hi, I know, right? <laughs> Years of operation, 1907 to 1987. So it a little shorter life. Mm-hmm. Uh, 36 black and white photos uh, was all it took to take down the Byberry Mental Hospital. Charlie Lord, a conscientious objector assigned uh, to duty at the hospital, compared the ward to Nazi concentration camps, which is like a heavy statement. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, He described overcrowded conditions where patients were sleeping in their own feces and urine. Yikes. The facility was filthy, and hundreds of patients were allowed to roam the facility naked. Just roaming about. Letting it hang. Not okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah. Lord's images of the inhumane conditions were published in a 1946 issue of Life magazine and sparked widespread reforms of mental health facilities. Uh, the pressure of the negative publicity also resulted in downsizing of the hospital and eventually its closure. Thank God for pacifists with cameras. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay, but, like, because I was yeah. going to say, like, hmm. the mistreatment of patients, like, yeah, that's a thing that, like, for sure happened way back when, but, like, yes. that's still happening today, do you think? 
like fucked up shit where they're like keeping people in cages and doing the bodies. I don't and... think so. You don't think modern day? No, because mm, I'm trying to remember which president it was. <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember. There was a thing that I was listening to and it talked about the problem with asylums. Mm -hmm. and, and then there was a problem where all help got cut off. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, there were some good with asylums, mostly bad though. So, but so like, crazy people have nowhere to go. Mm hmm. So they just wander instead. Yeah. Out about in 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 the world instead of being able to get help. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I, I don't think that it's a thing anymore. Hmm. At least lumbo lumbotomies. Lobotomies. Lumbotomies. <laughs> lumbotomies. Get yourself a lumbotomy. I don't know though. That would be interesting to see, like. How people are treated now? Yeah, because I know there's people that live in hospitals for and sure need help and shit. I don't know. <laughs> Next is the Danvers State Institution in Danvers, Massachusetts. Surprise that these places are all named after the cities they are built. Uh, <laughs> years of operation: eighteen seventy-eight to nineteen ninety-two. Okay, which. Weird. It's weird that there's, I don't know, that these places were open in our lifetime, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is weird. <laughs> All right. Weird. Um, okay. Yeah. Danvers State Institution is said to be haunted by malevolent spirits, despite being in the town formerly known as Salem Village. Oh. Uh, indeed, on the very ground were prominent uh, judge in the Salem witch trials, John Haw uh, Hawthorne, once lived. The paranormal activity is inspired by neither of these things. <laughs> it's just random happenstance that they all just happen to be at the same place. <laughs> uh, instead, it is human cruelty that's said to motivate unearthly these unearthly appearances. Uh, Danvers' aggressive methods of treatment range from use of straight jackets and shock therapy to full-scale lobotomies. It's... Ugh. Yeah, yeah. It's no wonder the wards here were later used as uh, a set for the Demonic Asylum movie, Session 9. Oh. I haven't actually seen that, but... I haven't even heard about it, so... Uh, it's on Netflix. At least it was. We could watch it. It was on my list. Like, my Netflix list. Like, I added it. Like oh, I was uh -huh. like, I, may, I might want to watch this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was on my list. We could watch it. I'm into it! I don't know. I don't even know if it's about the asylum, though. I'm assuming they just used the asylum as a set. Probably. I don't know. Uh, Bloomingdale Insane Asylum, which is in Morningside Heights, New York City. Years of operation, 1821 to 1880. Oh, excuse me. How many people from that asylum ended up on Heart Island? All of them. <laughs> You're like, every damn one. I was like, in my mind, everyone is on Hard Island. It's just where everybody goes. <laughs> it's where everybody goes. Yes. Everybody goes to Hard Island. Mm hmm <laughs> Yes. I'm so uncomfortable. Okay. Uh, stressed out students studying at Columbia University's uh, Buell, Buell Hall? B-U-E-L-L. Mm Buell? -hmm. Buell. Okay. All right. Can take solace in the fact that they're not nearly as insane as the building's former occupants. The grounds were once home to the Bloomingdale Lunatic Asylum. Created in 1821, the hospital intended to morally rehabilitate insane patients. 
This moral management, quotes, included some unsavory practices that were exposed by journalist Julius Chambers in 1872. With the help of the senior editor of the New York Tribune, Chambers had himself committed to the institution for 10 days. Oh. So, um, it's like American Horror Story. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Because I knew they got the storyline from a real thing. Anyway, after emerging, he published a story detailing the inhumane practices at the asylum, including patients who were kicked and choked until they bled. Jesus. Mm. And in some cases, driven to suicide by systematic cruelties. Oh. Yeah. That yeah. is so sad. Yeah. The story resulted in the release of 12 patients at the facility who were not mentally ill. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Not good. Not good at all. No. Uh, uh, and his subsequent book, A Mad World and Its People, led to reform for the rights of the mentally ill. So, some good tried to come out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh-huh. Uh, And then we have, next is the Pilgrim Psychiatric Center in Brentwood, New York. Years of operation, 1941, and it's still running. What? Mm -hmm. 1941? 1941 to now, to present day. Okay. Still going. Hopefully it's not the same. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully they've reformed. Yes. (laughs) Uh, It was once the largest hospital, asylum, or otherwise in the world. Jesus. Uh, but that's not what it will be remembered for. Allen Ginsberg's mother was treated for schizophrenia here and died here in 1965. Uh, but that's not what comes to mind when one mentions Pilgrim either. Its legacy is built on more unsettling details like the cruel methods Pilgrim patients endured for treatment, including shock therapy, prefrontal lobotomies, and insulin shock therapy. Ugh. Yeah. Which was intended to send patients into a coma. Yeah. Yeah. Insulin mm -hmm. will fuck you up. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Pilgrim is still operating today, though, on a much smaller scale, and of course, sans the medieval methods of treatment. Well, for all we know. (laughs) That's true. Just saying. Uh, Next is Greystone Park Psychiatric Hospital in Morris Plains, New Jersey. Uh, Years of operation, 1876. And it's still going. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. <laughs> 1876? 1876. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. And it's still tr- trucking right along. Holy fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Roll back to me. Roll back to me. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. I had... I had to roll away. Roll away. I had to roll away for a minute. Oh, you're good. I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> Um, if intentions counted for anything, Greystone's noble mission to provide a sanctuary for the mentally ill might have meant something. <laughs> if they didn't fuck it all yep. up by being D-bags. Yep. Uh, that is, had they not uh, gone on to interpret sanctuary as squeezing 2,412 patients in a space meant to hold no more than 1,600. 2,400. Again. Mm-hmm. Again. Seems, yeah. Yep. 2,400. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. To make matters worse, Greystone adopted controversial treatment for its patients, regularly administering insulin shock therapy, yep, and electroconvulsive therapy to veterans suffering from PTSD. Yeah, that's gonna help. Awesome. Yep. Good job. Mm-hmm. 
Oof. As accounts of sexual abuse, suicide, death, and even a well-publicized escape of a rapist became to or uh, accumulated, there was increased pressure for Greystone to conclude its program. Yet New Jersey's mental health officials have since made plans to replace the facility with a smaller hospital. Only uh, one can only hope the new 750-bed facility will provide more humane treatment. Which I'm assuming is what they did because it's still open. Mm-hmm. I sketch, sketch as fuck. So sketch. Uh, next is the Overbrook Insane Asylum, which mm-hmm. is in Cedar Grove, New Jersey. Okay. A lot of crazy people over there, I guess. I guess. <laughs> we got lots of nutsos. <laughs> lots of people lost their fucking marbles. Goddamn minds. Uh, years of operation, 1896 to 1975. Uh, it says the calmly house-like structure that is over the Overbrook Insane Asylum doesn't uh, belie the horrors that once took place within. The facility, part of a self-contained treatment center for the daily care of the mentally ill, was originally uh, chosen because of its tranquil setting, but the patients never found the solace they were promised. Mm. Overbrook's patients were subjected to a horrifying level of neglect including an incident in 1917 where 24 patients were left to freeze to death in their own beds. My God. Yeah. What the fuck? I know, sweetie. <sighs> I know. I know, my sweets. I'm upset again. <laughs> I'm upset again. Because <laughs> you were okay with this at one point. No! <laughs> Don't bite me on the air. Don't bite me on the ear. <laughs> As if this is live. I know, right? <laughs> oh, God. She did bite me, though. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, frozen patients. They froze. That's so sad. <laughs> yeah. They froze? 24, 24 people. That's so sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After an influx of patients post-World War II, the Overbrooks facilities became dangerously crowded, and as many as 150 patients went missing. Fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 16, 17, 18. Oh, I swear. Uh, I could have sworn. <laughs> we had another at least 150 people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> at least. At least. <laughs> Minimum. Um, despite an expansion, the asylum closed its doors in 1975. The hospital and its tunnels are said to be heavily guarded against trespassers, but uh, you can take a peek at the supposedly haunted wards in the screen adaptation of Chuck Palahniuk's Choke, which used the asylum as a set for the movie. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. Yeah. (laughs) Next is the Topeka State Hospital in Topeka, Kansas. Alright. Operation 1872 to 1997. 97. 97. Yes. Um, The Topeka State Hospital is a real-life American horror story of unsettling proportions. The patients at the hospital were regularly subject to cruelties meant to cure them, excuse me, of their illness. <coughs> Good lord. Sorry, hiccups. You're okay. Um, patients were reported to have been abused and raped, and according to one report, confined in leather straps so long, the skin was growing around the straps. Ooh. So they were strapped down for, for yeah. Aww. Yeah. Aww. I know, sweetie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just... It's sad and I'm repulsed at the same time. Yeah, I know, sweetie. 
Yeah, not good. <laughs> but the asylum's true claim to fame was for castrating many of its patients. Oh, shit. Mm. Well, all right. Kansas, getting it done. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in 1931, Kansas law gave the thumbs up to castration for habitual criminals, idiots, epileptics, idiots? imbeciles, what? and insane. What? I don't know. What? The 30s were a wild time. <laughs> I'm just baffled. I'm flabbergasted when you say things like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. As a result, 54 castrations took place at the Topeka State Hospital. This is particularly troubling considering the hospital was later found to have many patients whose identities and illnesses were unknown and lacked the proper paperwork to be committed. Oh, my God. So... So, who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? Not me. So, maybe castration as a cure-all wasn't the best idea. <laughs> no shit! As a cure-all? Like, <laughs> sure. Why would that work? I don't know. I, okay. Habitual criminals, idiots, epileptics, imbeciles, and insane. Like, who's... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It does seem pretty dumb. Okay. <laughs> I just, isn't it a matter of opinion if someone is stupid or an imbecile? I think so. Like, it's a, it's a matter of opinion. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's people who listen to this podcast that think I'm an idiot. I don't think you are, though. Well, but my point still stands. Uh, matter of opinion, I get if it. If I could be castrated, <laughs> <laughs> there might be someone who'd be like, castrate this yeah. person because they're dumb. Yeah. Like, it's just not safe. <laughs> it's not good. It's not. Not good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, next, we have Penhurst Insane Asylum. Okay, I've heard of this one. Yeah, it's funny. Well, I mean, I know the name. Yeah. I know the name. Well, because Penhurst was both an insane asylum and a prison, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Penhurst Penitentiary. Anyway, yeah. uh, Spring City, Pennsylvania... Years of operation, 1908 to 1987. Okay. Uh, Penhurst Insane Asylum was built to educate and care for the mentally disabled, but in less than a decade, it became clear they were doing nothing of the sort. (sighs) Yeah, as usual. In 1968, CBS 10 correspondent Bill Baldini televised an expose of the institution called Suffer the Little Children. The news report showed harrowing conditions, neglected children's screams filling the air, mm. large-scale physical and sexual abuse, which I can't. Yeah. And a general lack of empathy towards patients. It was reported children who bit one another got a warning, and upon being admonished a second time, had their teeth pulled. Oh my god! Yeah. Like, all of them? Yeah. Oh my god! I would have been in so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> As a biter. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be in big trouble. I'd be talking to you with gums right now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, sweetie. Alright. The report, along with former resident Terry Lee Halderman... Are you going to bite me again? I swear to God. I'm sorry, my legs are hairy. Uh. 
<laughs> Are you gonna pull my teeth? Nah. That's good. Okay. Uh, I need Former resident Terry Lee Halderman's account of unsanitary, inhumane, and dangerous conditions led to a successful class action lawsuit. Ugh, good. Mm-hmm. The court found that over 3,000 of the institution's patients were not receiving adequate care, and the institution was subsequently closed. You don't say. I'm, I'm, I'm boggled. Okay. Because it, all, it sounds like, to me, I could be way wrong, were there any, like, nice orderlies back then? Uh, no. <laughs> no, that's gonna be a fat negative. I just feel bad, because it sounds like... I'm sure they were all understaffed. Oh, absolutely. But it legit sounds like nobody has a heart. No. It sounds like they just don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you just find the meanest, most, like, human-hating people yeah. you can find on the yeah. planet to work in these the mental fuck? institutions? Mm-hmm. Like, oh. <sighs> Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I bet... I bet... How many serial killers do you think worked in insane asylums? Honestly, that would have been the best good cover opportunity, ever. Right? Isn't it? Maybe, 150 missing people? Maybe. Yeah, I killed all of them. Maybe that can be my real answer for if I were a serial killer. Oh, shit. How would I have done it? Working in an insane asylum? Insane asylum back in the 30s. Yeah. <laughs> it's the 30s. You're like, do I get to pick the era that I live? <laughs> When I kill, because please, <laughs> I would be like Elizabeth Bathory, mm. bathe in my victim's blood. I'm about it. <laughs> <laughs> this just got real fucked up. It did. <laughs> so Athens Lunatic Asylum okay. is in Athens, Ohio, oh. not Greece. Oh, <laughs> no, not Greece. <laughs> Do you think they even had insane asylums in Greece? Do they have asylums in other countries? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. The last one we're going to talk about is in I talk, okay. the UK. I asked this question, like, uh, I don't know. No, 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 it's good. You're <laughs> totally fine. Yes, they have insane asylums elsewhere. Not just the US is crazy. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, I kind of told you that. <laughs> I don't know if they were ever as fucked up. Well, they were. But I'm... <laughs> but maybe they were nicer. Listen, if humans are there, guaranteed there's fucked up ones. Accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Athens, Ohio, years of operation, 1874 to 1993. Okay. In the 19th century, women who exhibited sexual desire Ugh. and strong emotions... Good God. Yeah. ...were diagnosed with a medical condition, hysteria. Oh, my God. Which, have you ever researched hysteria? Uh-uh. It's the most annoying thing ever. Because because it's just not real. It's cool. So if I want to have if if I want to have sex that makes me hysterical. Mhm. I mean hysteria. Have hysteria. Mm-hmm. Oh god. Well, and doctors used to like they would diagnose women and then like for treatment they would like finger them and shit. What the fuck? Mhm. Because they had hysteria and needed help. <laughs> Honestly, it's real research that shit. It's I believe you. Up. Sounds like a porno. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, from 1870 to 1968, the formative years of the lunatic, <laughs> Athens Lunatic Asylum, 132 female patients were deemed insane due to similar issues, including uh, menstrual derangements, which I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> <laughs> menstrual derangements? I don't know. I don't get it either. It's, yeah. Uh, the asylum's treatment for these women included freezing... Shocking, kicking, and in some cases, lobotomizing. Oh my god. To help them get rid of their sickness. What the? So for having a period, 
How fucking dare. I mean, sometimes when I have my period, I want to lobotomize myself, but... Yeah. Besides the point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. It should be my choice. Yeah. <laughs> it should be my choice. <laughs> it should be my choice. Uh, one such patient, Margaret Schilling, is said to still haunt the asylum. In an attempt to escape, Schilling had hid in the attic and ultimately died of starvation there. And they say this. Down for food, girl. I know. They say the stain of her decomposing body left behind on the floor can't be scrubbed clean. Good. Mm -hmm. She left her mark. Yeah, she did. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're gonna go into a little bit more depth of one of the most well-known asylums, mm -hmm. uh, and it is the Bethlehem Royal Hospital. Okay. Which. Uh, is in, where is it, in the UK? I think it's in the UK. I could be way wrong. Okay. Notes, it just says Europe. Uh, and this hospital was nicknamed Bedlam. Oh, fuck. So the word Bedlam comes from this hospital. Okay. And, like, the chaos and all that shit. So founded in 1247. 1247. Yes. We're definitely in Europe. <laughs> That's nuts. Because we don't have history. 1247. That far back. <laughs> Seriously. Uh-huh. Uh, Bethlehem is Europe's oldest center devoted solely to the treatment of mental illness. The facility was founded by the Italian bishop... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, God. Gifredo di Profetti. Okay. Nailed it. Nailed it. And built directly atop a sewer that frequently overflowed. Ew. Yeah. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. Why it, did you... Okay. I don't know. Why did they build it there? <laughs> you know Gifredo, what build buddy. this? Right on the sewer. That overflows. <laughs> I need a hiccup. You're up. Excuse me. I guess I needed a hiccup. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it originally served not as a sanctuary for the insane, but to help raise money for the Crusaders via alms collection. During this time, it was not uncommon for monks and other religious figures to take in... Uh, the indignant who were often mentally ill. <clears throat> sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, when exactly Bethlehem's mission transformed from the collection of alms to the treatment of the mentally ill is unclear. Uh, by 1330, the institution was being referred to as a hospital, and by 1377, historians believe it had become the exclusive home for the insane. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Little is known of the institution's inner workings during the medieval period, but by the 1600s, control was transferred from the church to the state. In 1675, the facility, shabby and in desperate need of additional space, moved north of Johnson. London to the Moore Fields. The Moore Fields. M-O-O-R. M-O-R-E. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like a more. More. Not like, can I have some more? <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. I hate myself so much. <laughs> Never do that. <clears throat> I love you. Thanks, babe. <laughs> Two ominous statues were installed over its entrance gate. One named Melancholy, who appeared calm, and the other named Raving Madness. Wow. Who was chained and angry. What the fuck? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the embodiment of extra. Right. <laughs> <laughs> As ever more schizophrenics, epileptics, and those with learning disabilities crowded into the facility, Bethlehem twisted into Bedlam. 
and patient treatment took a turn for the sinister. I have a comic book called Bedlam. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I'm ready for the sinister. Okay. <laughs> One such approach was rotational therapy. Oh, God. A patient would be placed in a chair and suspended from the ceiling. The chair was then spun at the direction of a doctor, sometimes at more than 100 rotations a minute. Jesus. The patient would often vomit and experience extreme vertigo, yeah. but these were seen as healthy reactions with the potential for healing. <laughs> what the fuck? So you made them dizzy, dizzy and made them vomit, <laughs> and that was a good thing? Sure. Okay. Uh, in 1728, James Monroe became Bethlehem's chief physician, initiating a Monroe family dynasty that lasted for roughly four generations. As the Monroes shifted their focus from apothecaries to surgeons, treatment procedures grew worse. Oh, good. Patients were routinely beaten, starved, and dunked in ice-cold baths. One such doctor, William Black, wrote his dissertation on insanity in 1811 and said of Bethlehem, The straight waistcoat, when necessary, and occasional purgatives are the principal remedies. <clears throat> awesome. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh, patients uh, were also victim to bloodletting by leeches, cupping glass therapy, and the inducing of blisters. It's just so random. I don't think any of those are going to help. They're not. <laughs> I mean, call me crazy, but... <laughs> Please. Uh, treatment was so severe that, that the facility refused to admit patients deemed too meek to withstand it. What the... Uh, okay. Sure. I don't know. It shouldn't be about... All right. Yeah. <laughs> There's just fucked up. Whatever. It's fucked oh. up. <laughs> I can't. I can't even. Uh, indeed, many did not survive. Well... Modern investigations have uncovered mass graves on the property, dug exclusively uh, for those who died under Bethlehem's care. Perhaps most humiliating of all was the time period when the facility opened its doors to the public. To the public. To the public. Okay. Uh-huh. Initially, the policy hoped to draw in family members to visit their loved ones. <laughs> Unfortunately, wealthy Londoners often paid money to roam the halls of Bedlam, taking in the zoo-like conditions and marveling at the psychosis around them. Wow. Mm-hmm. Which is fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah. That's super fucked up. Uh-huh. Uh, thankfully, times change. The Bethlehem Royal Hospital has long since renounced the dark practices of the past, and it's still open today. What? Uh-huh. What? Uh-huh. Holy fuck. Uh-huh. That's been open a long From time. From 1247 to now. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That is so crazy. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, it says today it's staff works day and night to care for those who cannot help themselves. There's even a museum that exhibits the artwork created by the facility's patients. That is so nuts. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. There you go. Insane asylums. That's cool. Yeah. Bedlam. Nice. Wow. I'm fascinated. Mm-hmm. Why do we suck? <laughs> Because we're humans and we're right. the worst. Yeah. 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 We're pretty awful. From like, I don't know, just 
treating each other like that. Mm-hmm. You know, because, like, it's there for people who are sick. Yeah. And, like, yeah. people are taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Or were taking advantage of yeah. that. Hopefully not anymore. No, hopefully not anymore. Yeah, I hope not. I'm... But just, like, it would suck so much to, like, you're already suffering. Mm-hmm. From, like, whatever ailment, mm-hmm. whatever mental ailment. Well, and I know, like, tons of people that were probably in insane asylums didn't know what was going on. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. whatever debilitating mental illness they had, like, I'm sure it was just yeah really awful. And then, like, suddenly there's just these people who are, like, you would think... You know, you trust people in, like, positions of, of authority. authority. Mm-hmm. They're, like, cops and mm-hmm. doctors and... Anybody so with a you, uniform. Yeah, so you get, like, checked into an asylum and you think, mm-hmm. like, maybe I'll get help. Yeah. Or, like... And then you get tortured instead. Yeah. 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 Humans are the worst. We, we kind suck. of... We, we really do suck. suck. We suck so bad. And, like, even just in my, like, stories... Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like... Oh, Yeah. We're the worst species. And yep, human sacrifices and mm-hmm. exorcisms and cannibalism and. Oh, God. Yeah. Humans are the worst. Yeah. Let's rename our podcast to Humans, humans are the Worst. Humans are the worst. <laughs> we should. Honestly, that just should have been our podcast name. Humans are the worst. Humans. Humans. The worst. <laughs> right? You're not wrong. Good fucking God. That's nutso. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I hate it that it, it, I feel like they were all the same. It was all neglect yeah. and lobotomies and yeah. torture and J- abusive power. Yeah. Insane I feel like there was no power. good asylum. There was n- none that did anything good. I don't know. Maybe it was just the times and they didn't know any better, but that's still, like, you would think they would at least try and make people comfortable? I I don't know. I wouldn't say they didn't know any better, because I feel like for a real long time, humans have known you're not supposed to treat other humans that way. That's true. So. And I think it would be... I wouldn't say they didn't know any better. Well, and I think it's pretty obvious. (laughs) You can tell when you're inflicting pain on someone else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think there are some signs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. What the... Uh-huh. And I'm really frustrated that that they used cuz uh, insane asylums weren't only abused by like the doctors and the staff and stuff, they were also abused by like families, mm-hmm. right? Who would be yes. like like in the case of like where they said women were suffering from hysteria. Mm-hmm. When they, like, wanted to have sex or, like, whatever. Strong emotions. Strong emotions. But, like, think about how many people, like, got a, like, child put into an insane asylum for bullshit reasons. Yeah, like, Like, families dropped off their kids or husbands probably dropped off their wives. Yeah. And, like... Yeah. It's just... It's insane. Mm-hmm. And, and well, it's and not that, even pun intended. It's just, I'm mm-hmm. honestly baffled. And the overcrowding? Like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck? Well, yeah. I, uh, uh-huh. I'm just, I'm just so baffled. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, oh, man. It sucks. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Humans suck. We suck. Why we are we suck. the worst? Humans are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> 
So tune in next week when we change the name of our podcast, podcast to Humans Are the Worst. Humans Are the Worst. <laughs> we'll get a new theme song and everything. Yeah, we will. <laughs> I really like our theme song, though. Not gonna lie. I know, me too. It's so cute. I was really happy when I found it. It's perfect. Like, I was like, this is good. Yeah. It's like poppy, but also kind of like... It reminds me of Halloween music. Yeah. Like it's kind of a little spooky. <laughs> it's in well, a flat key. <laughs> I mean, I was looking for like spooky... Mm-hmm. We were. We did. Themes. Theme Real. songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I found it, I was like, this is kind of the perfect mix of like spooky-ish. Mm-hmm. And low... Low? <laughs> low? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say like, not serious. <laughs> Because oh. we are not serious. Right. It's yeah. like not that spooky, but it's spooky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But also upbeat. Yeah. Like we're suffering, but we're happy, happy about, about it. it. <laughs> Throw in a Harry Potter reference. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I live and breathe Harry Potter. You references. do. Your sleeve speaks for itself. My sleeve made this girl at Even Stevens today really fucking happy. <laughs> like, she was like, what is your tattoo? And I was like, oh, it's Harry Potter. Harry Potter. And then I was like, the whole sleeve is Harry Potter. And I, like, took mm-hmm. off my jacket to uh-huh. show her. And she just, like, lost her uh-huh. fucking mind. It makes me want a sleeve of some kind. They're... It's fun, honestly. I don't think I would get one, but it, <laughs> but I kind of want one. They're great. They are great. I don't know what I would get, though. It's just funny because, like, the amount of people that I get that, like, are like, oh, my gosh, I love your sleeve mm-hmm. so much. Like, you yeah. know, whatever, and, like, want to talk about it or whatever. Yeah. And then they're like, like, oh, I'm sorry for, you know, like, whatever, bringing uh, it up. Or, uh-huh. And I'm like, well, it's kind of the point, isn't it? Yeah. Because, like, I mean, I, you get tattoos for yourself, but, like, on some level, you you want other people to, like, like them or it's not uh, for, yeah it reminds me of like i don't know because i make costumes i dress up as characters whatever mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. me that's an open invitation that i fucking love this thing yeah come talk yeah, to yeah. me about it so i feel like tattoos are very very much an outward expression of an inward love yes so come talk to me about this thing that and i love talk to me about it yeah, yeah especially if it's if it's a nerdy thing or like mm-hmm. a nerdy tattoo mm-hmm. like it's it's a i'm like that with my bioshock piece mm-hmm. all the time because like yeah especially since Sadly, I don't think that, like, it's, like, wildly popular, like, mm-hmm. Bioshock, you know? But, mm-hmm. so when I find people who are, like, Bioshock? Like, Is you like, Bioshock? I'm, yeah. like, yes. And it makes me really excited mm-hmm. because I'm, like, somebody else yes. who likes Bioshock. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorite things. Yeah. So, it's cool. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. So, so for me, I, like, if I had a sleeve and people talked to me about it, I would be thrilled and not put yeah. off. I'm never annoyed when mm-hmm. people are, like. Wanting, I love it. When people want to talk about it, yeah. I'm never, like, annoyed, like, mm, shut the fuck up about my tattoos. Like, yeah. it's like, I put something on my body permanently. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get upset when people ask about it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it is pretty badass. But no, tattoos are really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways. I like it. Yeah. So should we plug the socials? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we, like, ended on sort of like happier more upbeat mm-hmm. note you know yeah. like being like so anyways yes <laughs> instead of being like well you know people are the worst we hate things yeah. so socials socials twitter fuck death becomes comes underscore us <laughs> underscore us <laughs> you fuck <laughs> just your like deer in the headlights look 
Like we don't do it every fucking week. <laughs> Normally you it's say fine. it. I know. You say Twitter and Instagram and I say the brother blog. That's true. That is the roles that we have chosen for ourselves. So Instagram is death period becomes period us. Mm-hmm. And then the brother blog. Our brother blog is what we have become death.wordpress.com. Good job. Thanks. I did it right this, this week. Yeah, you were like dot, dot. Come? Yeah, I it, <laughs> for a second I thought it was .net last week. I don't know why. I don't know. Um, I don't. Have, that's one that I still don't have memorized. That's okay. the brother blog. So I that's why you. I'm like, and our brother blog. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Thanks. But yeah, <laughs> Seth has been really awesome and posting a ton in the Facebook page, which we have now. Yeah, we have. We have a Facebook. Page oh yeah, now. we have a Facebook group too. But yeah, I can't really plug that because it's a closed group. Yeah. But you're welcome to... You can find it on our... If you go to SoundCloud, if you go to our actual profile on SoundCloud, there's a bunch of links on the side, and yeah. that has all of our links, like our social media and... Well, and I can tweet the, the brother Facebook blog and stuff. Yeah, we can re- we can tweet it. Mm-hmm. So, we yeah, have yeah, a yeah. Facebook group. We Everyone do. is welcome to join yes, it. Yes, We have to approve, but we're letting everybody in. Yeah. We're easy and sleazy like that. Yep. <laughs> we just wanted it... Just everyone be nice and respectful yeah. and whatever. But, yeah, like, yeah, sure. Seth's been posting a bunch of stuff. It's really cool. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the thing you posted today about Florida. <laughs> I'm just... I just... You beat me to the Florida. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because, seriously, my first thought was just, like, fucking Florida. <laughs> Florida's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to anybody who listens that lives in Florida. <laughs> I think they all know that they're... They're, so like, like, we live in Florida. We, we know, know it's the worst. <laughs> just so much fucked up shit that happens. It's just wild. Yeah, it's just fucking wild. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll be there in April. (laughs) We. Oh, yeah. (laughs) As if I'm not coming. Awesome. (laughs) Listen. It's okay. It's okay. I'm real tired. I'm real tired. Yeah, you are. I know you are. I mean, I've been awake for like 12 hours now, and I've got to go to work in an hour, so Mm -hmm. that's exciting. Yeah. Anyways, we will be in Florida in in April. April. We'll try to survive. We will survive. Yeah. And we won't be on an episode of I Survived. We will just survive quietly under the radar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm about it. Nothing untoward will happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cure it. You're like, yep, yep, mm-hmm. yes, yes. <laughs> so, so we're done. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay. That's sorry, it was kind of two in the bag. Yeah, sorry, it's kind of longer, but it's really not that long. Okay, good. We're good. Awesome. Have a good night or morning. I don't know when this is being posted. <laughs> Hey, have a good whatever time of day it is. Yeah, for you. Yeah, and thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, and carry on. <laughs> carry on. <laughs> carry on. Carry on. <laughs> <sighs> okay, okay, that's it. Okay. Bye. 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 <laughs>